I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the Boston Tea Party. So grab your tea. And let's get civical. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Walentowski. And today is Arden's birthday. It is. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. 
I should clarify that it's not the day that you're listening to this. It's the day that we're recording this. So by the time this comes out, it will have passed. But the day is today. Yeah. September. I don't know what day it is. It's It's the 3rd. It's September 3rd. It's September 3rd. It is. It is really September September 3rd. It is really September 3rd. Oh, my God. Wake me up when September ends. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) We're, We're legit like two weeks away from six months of hardcore world stoppage. Woo woo! But we'll celebrate that birthday later. Today yes. is your birthday, Yay! and uh, we didn't. I don't think we intentionally did this, but once we decided on this topic, it made a ton of sense. It really we're doing did. the Boston Tea Party. Hell's yeah, Betcha! A party for my girl. Yes. I don't know. I'm excited to talk about the Boston Tea Party. I feel like it's one of those that's super well known but i yeah. guarantee you we're going to find nuggets of of new truths yes. in here because all i knew about the boston tea party was that they dumped tea into the sea because they were angry about a tea tax and yes. then my knowledge of that and that it like helped to spark the revolution but that's where my knowledge base that's not even base that was where my knowledge of the entire incident ended up until same. yesterday same yeah. Yeah, I'm like, what else what else is there? <laughs> what else to well, it? that is I mean, I guess that is like the important thing, but it is the the history of it is super interesting and like as with it's anything nuanced. it's it's nuanced. It's and nuanced. as with anything that has to do with American history, there's some like real funny and fucked up shit in there. So I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well before we jump in, Arden, what's your favorite tea? Ooh, I love a good. That's such a look at you. That's a great question. I oh, that's fun. I love, I love either a rooibos tea, like an African rooibos tea with some honey, okay, or okay. just Earl Grey, like Twinnings mm. Earl Grey with mm. like a spot of honey. That's very Anastasia Steele of Fifty Shades of Grey. Shout out to my folks who read the book. <laughs> I did read that book. I read it's it on my favorite. I read it on my iPad because I could not get on the train with that book. No, no, no. Yeah, I got on the train with the book. <laughs> I also I owned I owned all three in the hard copy, obviously, and then I also owned all three on um the like the digital the Kindle. Yep. So you know, it it is what it is. It is what it is. It It was what it was. Yep. I love that. That's your favorite tea. Shout out to Fifty Shades of Grey. (laughs) My favorite tea. Your your first one was so is so like herbal. That's so nice. I was just thinking like a lemon ginger, like a basic little bitch. I love a lemon ginger. That's nice. Oops. It's like some sour spice. I like that. Well, it's like I don't know. To me, that's like the most suit, the most suit thing. Yeah, you know. Like I think of that as like, ooh, I'm gonna like warm up, you know, and and ooh, or like a green tea if I if I don't want to do a second cup of coffee. I wish I, I don't liked... like the flavor, but it yeah. it is helpful for like if you don't want to do the full intake of coffee caffeine. It's true. I don't. Yeah, I don't like green tea, and I wish I did. Cause I just it tastes so bitter to me, and then. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather like I'm I'm gonna put honey in it, and then at that point, if I'm gonna put honey in my tea, like I'd rather just have an Earl Grey. So with that, now that we know our favorite teas, 
Let's jump in. So we're going to start off with just talking about the major players of the Boston Tea Party. A lot of these gentlemen we know well, but let's get to know them further. So these notes are coming from, oh my goodness, the Boston Tea Party ship and museum? (laughs) Did you know that existed? I had no no idea. This is going to be a trip we have to take. We have to go to the ship. Yeah. We have to go to the ship and, and, and you have to throw me overboard. Yeah. Like a little thing of tea. Oh, protest. There she goes. <laughs> there she goes. Ah. So it's coming from that and history.com and the Constitution Center. The gang's all here. All around. So the players were, first and foremost, Samuel Adams. And now Samuel Adams was one of Boston's most prominent revolutionary leaders. He was known for his ability to harness popular resentment against Parliament's authority to tax the colonies in a productive manner. His role in the origins of the American War of Independence cannot be understated. His unique perspective and his ability to galvanize popular support were pivotal in the success of the Boston Tea Party. Yeah. This is coming from the Boston Tea Party Ship and Museum website, obviously. Yeah, I think obviously all of these they were are, like, yeah. except ones from history.com. But yeah. they're good writing. Yes, good writing. Talk they've, about they've fans. Really, they've leaned into it. And they, I, I, at first I was like, what is this website and what is this place? But their history facts on their website are really good and interesting. And they, they no, go they into like, be. yeah, it's they go the into official detail. source. It's the ship and it's the ship, ship itself. Museum. It's the ship. All right. The next big figures, plural, I should say, were the Sons of Liberty. Love these guys. Okay. The Sons of Liberty were a group of colonial merchants and tradesmen founded to protest the Stamp Act and other forms of taxation. They were a club. Yep. The group of revolutionists included prominent patriots such as, uh-oh, Benedict Arnold, yeah. Patrick Henry, and Paul Revere, as well as Samuel Adams and John Hancock. Yeah. I mean, talk about a, talk about a band of misfits. Yeah, they, they, uh, we're going to learn more about them, but they I know a rowdy bunch. They were a rowdy bunch. A lot of ponytails, that's for sure. The Sons of Liberty were a well-organized, patriot, paramilitary political organization shrouded in secrecy, and they were established to undermine British rule in colonial America, and were influential in organizing and carrying out the Boston Tea Party. Yeah. I just want, like, dun-dun-dun to come out every time we say Boston Tea Party. (laughs) Because it sounds like such a fun thing. It does sound fun, but we know it's not fun. We know it wasn't fun. I mean... I guess maybe they had fun. I mean, in I the think they had fun doing but, it, right? Like, yeah, yes. Like, come on, there must have been something fun about been, it. Yeah, I, I don't imagine them being like, "Oh, we have to dump the tea." I imagine them being like, yeah. "The fucking tea is going in the fucking water." Do you know what I mean? Like, I just imagine <laughs> them like direct quote Samuel <laughs> Adams. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's it. That's written on his tombstone. <laughs> The fucking tea! The fucking tea! (laughs) Okay, back to Sons of Liberty. So the origins and founding of the Sons of Liberty is unclear, but history records the earliest known references to the organization to 1765 in the thriving colonial port cities of Boston and New York. 
More than likely, the Boston and New York chapters of the Sons of Liberty were deliberately established at the same time and worked as an underground network in conjunction with each other. It is believed the Sons of Liberty was formed out of earlier, smaller-scale, like-minded patriot organizations such as, oh dear, quote, the Boston Caucus Club and, quote, the Loyal Nine. I think Sons of Liberty was a better Sons of Liberty, name. yeah. no, Like, the Boston Caucus Club? Get out of town with that. Those are a Get bunch of, of dorks. Town. They're not throwing anything in the water. No. No, 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 no. no. The Loyal Nine also just sounds like, sounds a little, um, culty? Like, oh, sure. But also, nine. I'm like, nine what? There's only nine people? That's a <laughs> That's lame so club. That's a very lame club. Like, don't give away your numbers no. if they're small. <laughs> <laughs> okay, membership was made up of, oh, you guessed it, males from all walks of colonial society, but was notorious in recruiting t- tavern mongers, wharf rats, and other seedy characters looking to cause trouble. Okay, okay. tavern mongers. <laughs> Make some uh... noise if you're a wharf rat. <laughs> <laughs> wharf rats in the house? Anybody? Anybody? Any other seedy looking characters? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely the Boston Tea Party Museum really jazzing up. Oh, for sure. Really uh, Basically, what they're saying folks. is these guys were a bunch of drunks. Yep. Period. Period. They were a bunch of angry, drunk men. Yeah. Love that. Yep. Next up, we have, of course, John Hancock. So, John Hancock came into direct conflict with the British in 1768 when one of his merchant ships the Liberty, was seized in Boston Harbor by British customs officials who claimed Hancock had illegally unloaded cargo without paying the required taxes. Also, again, everybody can't name their stuff Liberty. Like, nobody got the memo. (laughs) Like, you guys, pick a different anything. Freedom, independence. To name a few. (laughs) To name a few. I was like, there's gotta be something else. Freedom, independence, uh, 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 justice, uh, um, peace, um, knowledge. Like, come on. Like, you can do anything but liberty. I'm just saying all the ships can't be named liberty. No. Somebody should have sent the memo. Okay, back to Hancock. Hancock was a popular figure in Boston, and the seizure of his ship led to angry protests by local residents. In the ensuing months and years, Hancock became increasingly involved in the movement for American independence. As we know, he yeah. took pen to parchment to a whole other level. Yeah, that's why we call it, because his signature was the biggest, right? That's why it's the John mm-hmm. Hancock. Yeah. And that's why I need your John Hancock. Yeah. He was first one to sign and he was like, let me make it big. And then everybody else was like, ooh, we're running out of room. It's like when you, like, sign a card for, yeah. like, everybody at the company signs a card. And you're like, oh, God, ooh. I got to squeeze it in somewhere. Because some John Hancock has, like, taken up all of the all page. All of the space. Ugh. Anywho. That bitch. Anywho. And then finally, we have a couple of others. There's a lot. Yeah, there was a lot. There was, like, so these are, like, the leaders, like, the people who, like, more or less organized it and, like, I mean, not that it was organized and, like, we're showing up. Midnight, we ride again. It's they were like watching these ships that had pulled into the harbor, and so they were like planning and organizing the people. Mm. So Sam Adams, John Hancock, 
and altogether the Sons of Liberty are the ones who were behind it. And then there were like just random other people that we don't really have supporting names characters. for. Yeah, supporting characters. Under fives. Under fives. So the names of many of those involved in the Boston Tea Party remains unknown. Thanks, oh good lord, thanks to their Native American costumes, only one of the Tea Party culprits, Francis Akeley, or Akeley, we're not sure, was arrested and imprisoned. Poor Francis, like imagine being the <laughs> only one. Did you, like, just, like, it wasn't just me. I would be so pissed. I'd be so mad. I'd be so I'd mad. I'd be so mad. I'd be so mad. If I was the only one, and you're, like, dressed as a Native American looking like an uh, absolute moron. Moron. <laughs> In in the county jail, you know, <gasps> locked up in wrought iron. Yep. Oh my as god. As a Native American. Oh god. Horrible. Honestly. Even after American independence, participants refused to reveal their identities, fearing they could still face civil and criminal charges, as well as condemnation from elites for the destruction of private property. Yep. Most participants in the Boston Tea Party were under the age of 40. And 16 of them were teenagers. Yeah. All of that's coming from history.com. Yeah. It's like, like I find this almost more interesting than like totally. Sam Adams. Like, <laughs> yeah. Whole... I want to know about the teenagers. Yeah. Like, I. And like the fact that the Sons of Liberty were recruiting teenagers. Teenagers. Like, where is this? this 1990s Mel Gibson flick? Like, I feel like this is... Hopefully not in the works. Mel Gibson needs to sit down. <laughs> Let's put a woman at the helm. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. No, I just mean, like, because of the Patriot. Like, No, I, no, no, totally. <laughs> yeah. No, but I... Like, this to me is, like... Yeah. So much I, more interesting. I, so much more interesting. Like, I enjoy a, bio, a biopic, a biopic, as much as the next individual. But mm-hmm. this shit, like, there's some real room to, like take some creative license like who were these teenagers all of these people dressed up as native americans and then this one poor guy who's just like rotting in jail all by himself just in jail (laughs) so he got caught he got caught he couldn't run fast enough shout out to francis i know taking it for like the whole goddamn team like how are you teenagers yeah how do you throw that guy in jail but like sam adams you knew was involved no scot free can I mean, who knows? Can they prove it? It's true. Or maybe it was just that he was well-known and nothing has changed. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Nothing has changed. Nothing um, has changed. Yes, this was like, a, this is a great, I also love that we're doing this episode because, you know, when you see the protesting that, that's happening now and, and a lot of the pushback on people protesting, it's like, honey, this whole, this whole operation, aka U.S. Dot, was founded because of protesting. Yeah. And destruction of property, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah, yeah. They threw it all into the harbor. Yeah, they... The they, whole thing. Yep. So just keep that in mind as we keep going, my sweet yes. listeners. Okay, so what led up to the Boston Tea Party? So this is coming from the Constitution Center. Quote, for years, Americans refused to buy British tea because it included a tax levied on tea drinkers a thought that repulsed colonists who didn't believe they should be taxed without a representative sitting in the British Parliament to voice their concerns. Honestly, agreed. 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 Agreed, honey. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of people, like, I still, yes, this is the whole, like, foundation of our government. Except that, like, D.C. does not, I mean, they can't vote. 
So yeah, but who like... needs if you if you recognize those people as like needing a voice in the government, like. <laughs> Crazy things could happen. We crazy could healthcare. I know. We could we could have you know sort of deal with climate change. You know, like crazy things. Yeah. The the the, the hundred thousand people living in Washington D.C. don't need an actual representative in the government. Come on, it's not a state. <laughs> There's just more people living there than half the states. <laughs> yeah, exactly. More people than South fucking Dakota. Sorry, South Dakota. So rather than pay the tax, Americans bought tea smuggled into the colonies. But in May of 1773, the British Parliament passed the Tea Act and awarded the East India Company a monopoly on British tea that made it cheaper than any other tea they could buy. They also, I think at this point, like the East India Company was like sitting on a lot of tea because Mm -hmm. they like hadn't been able to sell it. So they've now just made, they're just like trying to help this like company move their product. Right. So this is all coming from a mix from the Constitution Center and the Boston Tea Party Museum. Quote, in the summer of 1773, news arrived in Boston of the passage of the Tea Act. Preparations for resistance were now well underway in the colonies, and Sam Adams did everything in his power to garner support from colonial merchants who would be hurt by the Tea Act. So he's like, your business is going to suffer. You're not going to make as much money. Come join us. We're the rebels. Mm-hmm. You want to be on our side. I love I love his uh, quick ability to organize. Yes, yes. Get the small business owners together and yeah. uh, rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Sam Adams started forming the Boston Committee of Correspondence, the, which their object was to communicate with other British North American colonies in order to share methods of resistance to taxation without representation. So this is just like local organizing. Yeah, grassroots. Is that local organizing? That's what they're doing. On October 16th, 1773, a group in Philadelphia published the Philadelphia Resolutions, which triggered protests in Boston and Philly. So the resolutions said in part, quote, the claim of parliament to tax America is, in other words, a claim of right to levy contributions on us at pleasure. The duty imposed by Parliament upon tea landed in America is a tax on the Americans or levying contributions on them without their consent. So they're basically saying what Sam Adams has been saying, which is you're charging us money and we have no say in how you tax us and how you spend this money. Like you're this is really and consent not is important. Consent is important. Do you have our consent? consent? No, 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 you do not. No means nope. no, no means okay. no. The resolutions also laid out, so the Philadelphia resolutions also laid out how the group in Philly feared that the money raised through tea tax or the town shed acts, which they were also called, would be used by the British to subvert colonial rule of the territory. So they were like, what are you going to do with this money that you're taking from us? Are you going to like... Where's the money going? Where's it going? Are you going to use it to like then also take our local governments? Like they were really not happy about it. Mm-hmm. Which I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. I don't know. I am with him. I'm with him 100%. 100%. The group called on Americans to prevent, quote, a violent attack on the liberties of America by stopping the unloading of tea shipments and any tea sales, coming from the Constitution Center. Three weeks later, a similar group to the group that met in Philly met at Fanoi Hall in Boston, and it adopted the Philadelphia Resolutions. So... I love it. Yep. So there's like this group working in Philly. They've come down with this thing. They're pa- they've like they're approving that as a group. 
the folks in Boston also adapt the same resolution. So we're like starting to see things like groups coming together and they're starting to work together and they're all getting angry and things are not organizing. They're angry. We love to see it. I feel it boiling up. Uh, Yep. Yep. The tea. (laughs) The the, the tea is boiling. The tea. (laughs) It's about to be served. That's right. Do you know what the tea is? The tea. It's the tea. The tea. On October 21st, 1773, Adams drafted a letter to the other colonies stating that all of the colonies would be united in their resistance to Parliament's efforts to sell tea in America. So. I mean, and that's the tea. (laughs) That's the tea. He's drawing the line. He's making it very clear. We're all united as one. Nobody fold. The British cannot sell their tea here. Stand your ground. They can't do it. Yep. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwein erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. So what did they do? Uh, We're about to find out. This is all coming from the Boston Tea Party uh, Ship and Museum. Very exciting. So by November 28th, the crisis was now on the doorstep of Boston. Dun, dun, dun. The Boston Tea Party Museum is very dramatic. And honestly, do we expect nothing less? That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Yep. The first tea ship to arrive was the Dartmouth, owned by the Roch family. The ship arrived with 114 crates of East India Company tea. Samuel Adams and the Sons of Liberty now had a deadline. Yeah. (laughs) They needed to have 400 words on my desk by Monday morning. (laughs) A penny a page, a penny a page. Okay. According to customs law, the ship had only 20 days to unload its cargo. The 20th day would be December 17th, 1773. Yeah. Still, two more ships arrived. 
On December 2nd, the Eleanor arrived with 114 crates, and on December 15th, the Beaver had joined the other two ships at Griffin's Wharf. Very exciting. The Beaver. Samuel Adams took the lead in negotiating with ship owners and the customs officials for the Port of Boston. On December 3rd, Adams ordered John Rowe, the owner of the Eleanor, to unload his other cargo, but not the tea. Yeah. Okay. So there's a conspiracy happening here. Yeah. Like, all of these ships are coming in. They're coming in at different times. They've all got tea. And basically, Sam Adams and John Hancock and the Sons of Liberty want these people who are, like, private merchants to, like, they have no problems with the other stuff on the boats. They're like, okay, you yeah. can take Unloaded, what, what do you get got? It off, get Tant, it like, coats, furs. Just leave the food, tea. Just leave the tea. So they're trying to, that's what they're trying to, like, convince them to do, is to leave the tea on the board. Because they, they want it to be turned away. Yeah. On December 11th, Adams and the Boston Committee of Correspondence ordered Francis Roch, the owner of the Dartmouth and Beaver, to set sail for London with the East India Company tea on board. So they're like, this isn't coming off the docks here. You take that shit and you go to London. We don't want your tea. No. I love it. He like ordered them. And it's like, my man, on what authority? I mean, look, make me. He is, he is uh, uh, just assuming the role here. Yeah. Roch refused to because his ships would be broadsided by two British warships, the Somerset and Boyne, that were out in the harbor. Adams told Roch that his ship must sail back to London. Adams exclaimed to Roch, quote, The people of Boston and the neighboring towns absolutely require and expect it. Okay, go (laughs) on. Drama. Drama. Absolutely require. I absolutely absolutely (laughs) require and expect nothing (laughs) as a person. Nothing. No, I just love that he was like, this dude who's like yelling at a dude who owns the stuff on the ship and he's like, Literally all of the country wants you to do this. Like mm-hmm. that is part of the 13 colonies. Yeah. We require and expect Expected. this to happen. Yeah. On December 14th, Samuel Adams brought Francis Roth to the customs collector to ask for clearance for his ships to leave the port of Boston. The customs collector stubbornly insisted that no law would allow the ship to leave before unloading the tea. So now they're stuck between a rock and a hard place because it can't yeah. stay on the boat. But but they can't let the ship leave with the tea on board. And I mm-hmm. love that this guy's like, there's no law. There's no like There's nothing. There's nothing. There's no law. No law would allow the ship to leave. There's no law. Two days later, on December 16th, Roch appeared at Old South Meeting Hall before thousands of angry Bostonians. Samuel Adams advised him to appeal to the royal governor Thomas Hutchinson for permission to send his ships back to London. Francis Roch reluctantly straddled his horse and made his way to Milton, where the royal governor was staying at his summer estate. Okay. I mean, Roch is trying. God he's bless trying. him. He's, he's trying. He's really trying. He's like, I don't, want, I don't want to be a part of this. I just want to unload my stuff. It's too much. There's too much drama. I, I can't. Like, he's literally stuck between two countries, and it's all over yes. fucking tea. He's like, look, I've got, I've got a wife and two kids. I'm just trying 
Just trying. to unload cargo. Like, I don't care where the cargo goes. You want to take right. it back to London? I'll take it back to London. But, like, right. somebody has to make a decision here. Right. And I need <laughs> I need you two countries, like, wannabe country and, like, grand old country over here to, like, stop putting me in the middle. In the middle. This, yeah. This one gentleman is in the middle. He's the child in a, the middle of a divorce. Exactly right. That's exactly what he is. Roch nervously announced that Hutchinson had refused his request and that the tea had to be brought into Boston before his ships could depart. If Roch attempted to leave, the two British warships and the cannons from Castle William would blow his ships out of the water. Dun, dun, dun. Oh my god, now he's going to lose his ships? I know, now Francis. he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We whoa, were talking whoa. about fucking tea before, and now we're talking about my ships? My ships? My ships? ships? Plural? Okay. Yeah. Very expensive. Yeah. I also love that they're like, unload the tea or we're going to blow your ass up. Or we're going to blow up the ships. Like, if that is not a summer, like, what do they call those movies that are like the the high in- intensity, like, blockbuster. Like, that's a summer blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, like, high intensity movie? What's the high intensity? It's in the summer. You know it. <laughs> A summer blockbuster. You know, you love it. Yeah, like that's a summer blockbuster if I ever heard one. Mm-hmm. So after all these attempts, Roch now refused to take action. Samuel Adams rose from his pew and announced, quote, This meeting can do nothing more to save the country. Such a fucking drama queen. Look, he's getting it done. He's getting yeah, it done. It's he's true. rallying. He's rallying the people. So on December 16th, 1773, a group of colonists destroyed a large shipment of 342 chests of British tea that had arrived in Boston Harbor. That's a lot of tea. It's a lot of tea. A party of men dressed as Native Americans dumped the tea's chest contents into the Boston Harbor after the governor, Thomas Hutchinson, refused colonists' demands for the ship to depart peacefully with their cargo unloaded. Okay. Yeah. They gave him a chance. Yep. It took nearly three hours for more than a hundred colonists to empty the tea into the Boston Harbor. The chest held more than 90,000 pounds or 45 tons of tea, which would have cost nearly $1 million today. Oh my God. It's so much tea. I also love how this is like a slow process. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's literally, it took them three hours like i'm just kind of like how you know i'm glad this you know went well and, and it worked out but like how did the british not like stop, stop like they, they had yeah. th- they had a three hour window to yeah. like do, do something? something like you know go in and be like hey <laughs> stop because they're just like literally holding a barrel yeah watching it fall go into the water yeah and at any point a british officer could have come up and been like hey buddy you gotta you gotta, gotta go stop it i'm sorry this is yeah. over you gotta put you put it down put yeah. the barrel down and we're going but like three hours and nobody came <laughs> <laughs> i also just picture like at the at like the like the two hour and fifteen minute mark where they're just like in these Native American costumes. I'm hot. sure the tea they're hot, they're <laughs> sticky. Well, maybe well it's December, so like at least it's that not summer. Cool. But like I'm sure they're hot, they're sticky. The tea is probably like sticking to them because it's just like yeah. sticking to their bodies. 
and they're like dumping these barrels of tea. I just imagine them being like, John, come on, man. Like, Sam, I gotta do we have go to home. do all, all the, of the 45 tea, tons? All of the tea in the harbor? That man, that's and a lot Samuel's of like, tea. all of the tea. <laughs> <laughs> this, I just imagine Sam Adams. This party is not done until all of the tea is in the yeah. harbor. You know, like he definitely said some stupid shit. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I just, I've always imagined this being like a very quick event, you know, yeah. like very spontaneous, not like spontaneous in that, like they rose up and they're just, just destruction, 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 like maybe 30 minutes yeah. of like chaos. Yeah. But the fact that this is three hours and yeah. I just know that they're like, oh my God, that they're like tired. Yeah. They're tired. They're tired. like two and a half hours. They're tired. They're yeah. considering maybe we don't have to do all the tea. There's a lot of tea. There's, There's so much tea. So much tea. I'm, I'm up to my eyeballs in tea. <laughs> They're like, this was, I get, like, I think we've met. There's, there's definitely one guy, Jim, who's like an hour and a half into it being like, I think we've made the point. You know, like, I think, <laughs> I think they I got think it. I think they get it. I think they get it. You know, I mean, they could have done $500,000 worth of damage and that yeah. would have been sufficient. That would sufficient. sufficient. No. I appreciate them going the whole extra mile, but yeah, I'm just kind of wondering, like, where were the British? Yeah. I know. I I, I was wondering that, too. I was like, did they... Because it wouldn't have been, like... You wouldn't have had to, like, blow everything up. You could have... Like, if they were threatening to blow up the ship if it left... Right. Like, where are you now? Also, it's like... It's like, it's not like this is in, you know, like, some some podunk town. This is in Boston. Boston. Like, the, the British are in Boston. Yeah. The soldiers are in Boston. There's a fort. There's a Castle William right there with so cannons insane. at the ready. Yeah. You mean to tell me that you couldn't send down 10 guys to be like, stop. Yeah. Stop it. You know, nobody yep. was sent. Ugh. Not a single person. We love person. to see it. Look, hey, that's on, that's on the British. You know, if I was the I British, I would have handled things differently. Would have handled things differently here. Yeah. Put the kibosh on that party. Yeah, because if I'm like, if I'm, if I'm the the East India Company, I'm like, I'm like, nobody did anything, right, to <laughs> stop them destroying my tea. And this <laughs> poor guy Roch, who's just like, what am I gonna do? They all like all these like men in costume like hop on his boat to like j- dump the tea like, uh, in the harbor. Well, he's, he's so like, not invested in this. He's like, fine, no. I don't care. Dump the tea, don't dump the tea. But like, make a decision. Make a decision. But if I'm the people just... who own the tea, who's like counting on this tea getting sold, right? So I can have money, and I find out that the British had three hours, a three-hour window yeah. to do anything, and I'm like, you did you nothing. Didn't, did you not stop it? Did you right. not? Because it's also, it's not like this wasn't loud. No. And it's not like, like they didn't know it was coming. They know oh, how sure. long these ships have been here. Like the Dartmouth had been in, like it was the last day. They knew it what was, was coming. Yeah. You see, you see a group of quote, quote, Native Americans boarding a <laughs> ship. Like, even if you see that, you're right. like, let me go check that out. Right. That Let's seems go on out on of over place. There. Right. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to, me and me and Bob are going to go on. We're going to board the Dartmouth and just see why there's a gaggle of Native Americans on this ship. <laughs> because that's, that's not usual. You know, assuming these costumes were so right. good that they genuinely thought it was the Native Americans and not the people of the colonies, you know, just just let me go check it out. That's yeah. what we call suspicious. Yeah. There's some suspicious behavior happening on the Dartmouth. 
they didn't see something and they didn't say, or maybe they saw it and they didn't see it, say anything. They like, saw a gaggle of, of, of colonists dressed as Native Americans and they were like, I don't even have the energy for this. Let, <laughs> let them. <laughs> this is, this is future Bob's problem. I yeah. can't, I like can't. We, what are we going to do? They're going to dump this I'm not tea paid enough. and then, and then like what? they dressed in costumes, man. Let yeah. them dump the tea. Let like, come tea. on. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that's the the tea is ha- that's being dumped. The tea is in the harbor. The tea's in the harbor. Yep. So no one was hurt aside from the destruction of the tea and a padlock. No property was damaged or looted during the pro- the Boston Tea Party. I mean, that's a weird statement to say. Of like, no property was destroyed except a one millions <laughs> worth of tea. Right. I'm like, I was. I think the East India Company would beg to differ. <laughs> Uh, no property was destroyed. It's like actually uh, a lot of property All was of our destroyed. Property it was, was just like like the ship wasn't destroyed. You right. know, like but it's not right. about the ship. No. It's about that it's not the Boston ship party. It's the Boston <laughs> Tea Party. <laughs> oh my god, this is the participants reportedly swept the ship's decks clean before they left. <laughs> hey, that's polite. I, it's that was because my... the ship isn't their the ship is not their their goal. I get no. that. It's like we're not here. I mean, poor Francis. They're like Francis is is has fainted. He needs. <laughs> we're gonna look, Francis. We're gonna sweep the ship. You won't even know we were here. Right. It's, it, we're gonna leave it cleaner than we found it. You yeah. know, like don't even worry. Very polite. Very. Polite. It's like when the teenagers have a party at the parents' house, and it's like when the parents are away, and suddenly the parents come back, and they're like. It's too clean. Did you vacuum? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's too mm-hmm. clean and they know. They, they know. know. They know. Yep. Tea shipments were later denied in Philadelphia, New York, and Charleston after the Boston Tea Party. So kind of spark heard around the world. Yeah. No more tea. Nope. It really set off a chain of events. Sure. So here's some like immediate things that happened in the aftermath and then some like other long lasting consequences of the Boston Tea Party. So this is coming from the Constitution Center and history.org or history.com. Sorry. Uh, Quote, in April 1774, the British Parliament passed the Coercive Acts, also known as the Intolerable Acts. I love this title. The British? I, when I learning about this in history, I was like, let's talk about the Intolerable Acts. Yeah. Good name. Good name. We'll do the Intolerable Acts. Yeah. I love, like, the, the British just name things much better than we do. Yes. Like, the Coercive Acts, the Intolerable Acts. Come mm. on. Oh, Jazzy. Challenge Jazzy, tolerate me. I dare you. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> Set that bar and I will break it. Mm-hmm. So the Intolerable Acts punished Massachusetts for the Tea Party incident. The Acts not only took away home rule from Massachusetts, it forced all Americans to board British troops in unoccupied buildings, which means they had to, like, house them. Mm-hmm. The Course of Acts also included things like they closed Boston Harbor until the tea lost in the Boston Tea Party was paid for. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Like, okay. I don't know how much that was back in the old days of bartering. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And they, like to close Boston Harbor, how do you expect them to pay it back? Like, how are you expecting them to make any money if they can't tax the things that are I coming think in? That's the, I think the point is for them not to pay it back yeah. and to just I, continue to be punished for it. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, they ended the Massachusetts Constitution and ended free elections of town officials. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. They moved judicial authority to Britain and British judges, basically creating martial law in Massachusetts. Go off. Okay. Okay. The Intolerable Acts required colonists to quarter British troops on demand, like we said. And they extended freedom of worship to French Canadian Catholics under British rule, which angered the mostly Protestant colonists. Like, fuck you. And to top it all off, (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna give freedom (laughs) to the French Canadian Catholics. Take that. Take that. Put that in your tea and drink it. I think that's so I think that's so funny. That cracks. Uh, Those pesky Catholics. Yeah. The other colonies saw the axe, so aside from Massachusetts, the other colonies saw the axe as punishment targeted at all of them, which, der. And by September 1774, the first Continental Congress met in Philadelphia to determine an appropriate response. The following April, fighting broke out at Lexington and Concord, and the American Revolution was underway. It's happening. It's happening. So the British tried to retaliate and be like, you can't do these things. And they targeted Massachusetts, but all the colonies knew full well what was coming down the pike. And they were like, not today, Satan. Mm-mm, Not today. Mm-mm. Come at us. Yeah. yeah. It's war, motherfuckers. It's war. Yep. So George Washington, you know him, you love him. He had like a public view about the Boston Tea Party and then a private view as well. Perfect. Always, always the dualities. Publicly, he wrote, quote, the cause of Boston ever will be considered as the cause of America. So he's saying like what they dumped the tea, like the reason behind it, the reason they dumped the tea, the reason they were angry is it are the the same exact reasons that we are trying to start this country. Like they are the same thing. Privately, he voiced strong disapproval of their conduct in destroying the tea and claimed that Bostonians were mad at what had happened. Washington, like other elites, held private property to be sacrosanct. So, like, okay, yeah, he's okay, he's, mad. he's like George. that wasn't yours to destroy. What a little wiener! Like, come on, with the mouthful of wood, like, just get out of here! Like, what a wiener! Uh, oh, they just they destroyed the tea. Yeah, they destroyed the tea. You can't yeah. destroy the tea. It's private property. Come on, George. He didn't. He didn't this like is pre-war that. George. He's yeah. not as cool as post-war George. No, post-war George is like dump that tea, motherfuckers. Yeah, dump it. Yeah, like I, I think he's supported like the spirit of it, just obviously not the execution. I think he would have preferred, mm. you know, a nice rally. Sure, a nice the written march. word. The written word. An essay. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, without the uh, Boston Tea Party, I don't think that we would have catapulted to the revolution and catapulted to becoming U.S. Right. So the British hoped that the things in the Intolerable Acts would make the colonists afraid of revolting. Like, they were trying to teach them a lesson and they were afraid that, like, They didn't want them to revolt, obviously. Like, it would have been really hard for them to fight it off. Obviously, they lost. So they were trying to, like, strike fear in the minds of the colonists across, you know, the soon-to-be-U.S. dot. 
But mm-hmm. what actually happened was that the the opposite happened, and the colonies viewed the the intolerable acts as further evidence of Britain's tyranny and rallied to Massachusetts's 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 Massachusetts aid, sending supplies and plotting further resistance. It's all according to history.com. A second Boston Tea Party took place in March of 1774, when around 60 Bostonians boarded the ship Fortune and dumped nearly 30 chests of tea into the harbor. This was not as popular an event. Well, the sequel never is. The sequel never is. We, we discussed this last time. I still know what yeah. you did last summer is not as good as I know what you did right. last summer. Exactly right. So, but the second tea, the second kind of Boston Tea Party event did encourage other tea dumping demonstrations in Maryland, New York, and South Carolina. I love it. Yeah. You know, it's like, we're, it's the beginning of something. You know, there are some people who just like, we don't know what else to do, but we've seen that tea dumping is a thing. So let's do that. That's yeah. fine. You don't have let's to go. be the innovator of no. the group. Like, dump the tea. It obviously right. works. It makes people mad. Dump it. Dump the tea. Yeah. Okay, so here's a little bonus information for you just about the museum because I oh my God. find <laughs> the happiest place on earth. <laughs> so amazing that this place exists. I did not realize that it exists and I just, it makes me so wildly happy. And I feel like at some point when things are, the you know, the world is functioning. Although the Boston Tea Party Ship and Museum is open. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's open Monday. <laughs> it's open Thursday through Sunday from 10 to 4. So reduced hours, but like if you really want to go, go. You go. could go. Go you could wear your mask and go. Go wear your mask and go. You could quote be a part of the famous event that forever changed the course of American history. Ah, yes, you did. Be a part ah. of it. It's a bit expensive. Man, I'm gonna get thrown out of this museum. Oh my god. For sure. I, you're gonna love For it. Sure. We have to do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring Sam Adams energy and they're gonna be like, absolutely stop. Stop, stop. <laughs> One of you was enough. So a little bit about, so tickets for adults run run you about 30, tickets for children run you about 20. And they say that this is what you get to do at the museum. So the museum is, quote, a place to reenact the event that started the revolution. The museum includes historical interpreters, interactive exhibits, full-scale replica 18th century sailing vessels. Yes. Ships. Shipped. And historic artifacts are just some of what you'll experience during your visit. There's more. Okay. Okay. Tickets include a fully guided experience by costumed interpreters. Fuck me I love when they're in costume. (laughs) I love it. You get a tour of the 18th century replica restored vessel. You get to dump tea into the sea, honey. We're going. We're, We're going. going. We're going just to Honestly, dump the tea. It's probably like a shot glass of tea, but like, let's but like, do and it. It's, it's for sure you dump it into like like a container that somehow collects all of the tea at the end of the night. And then mm. they like dispose of the garbage of tea in like a compost bin. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's sure. something. It's not like, how about Atlantic Ocean? Throwing the tea in the sea? Yeah. Yeah, it's lame. It's lame. I'm going to throw the tea in the sea. That's why I'm going to get thrown out. It's because I'm going to be like, wow. You're having your own tea. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing for, like, I know that, like, they didn't, like, they had loose leaf tea and that it was, like, in barrels. But, like, my immediate modern brain is, like, I just imagine, like, all of these baby packets, like, floating in the Sure. Sure, 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 sure. 
I know that's not what no, it no, was. No, 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 no. But that's I just that is like a much funnier image to me than like yeah. Francis sweaty covered in tea leaves like ugh, over the ugh. side. <sighs> so yeah, so you get to dump tea into the sea at the museum. The they the Robinson tea chest is the only known surviving tea chest from the Boston Tea Party. So you can see her. That's cute. Yeah. And you can explore the open air deck and full scale replica 18th century sailing vessels. I mean, we're love. Going. do you sell marks? I would love. Oh my god, they should. They I bet you they have like tea with like booze, <sighs> boozy tea. If they if they had like a good like, yeah, like what's the um like a hot toddy? Like make me a good oh, hot, I love toddy. A hot toddy. And I love a hot should, toddy. If you give me a hot toddy, we can go in November and walk the. Quote, open, open air deck air and full deck. scale mm-hmm. replica mm-hmm. of this vessel. Absolutely. Close it's quote. a yacht. Okay. It's a-, <laughs> <laughs> it's a yacht that stays at its dock. I'm down. I'm down. Look, I want to go here so badly. You have mm-hmm. no idea. I didn't know that there was a ship involved. And now I'm I- I'm in. I'm so I'm down. In. I'm so down. We also, we also have to like redo our trip to the Statue of Liberty because we definitely missed that day because it was still closed. It's still closed. Yeah. And I don't know if up, I get a I'm refund sure. on that or not. <laughs> I'm sure you can reschedule. It would be crazy to me if you can't. Yeah. If it's not open, there has to be something. How could you go? How could you go? Yeah. I know. So, guys, we will keep you posted on our trips to the Statue of Liberty and also the Boston Tea Party Shipping Museum. Obviously, we will let you know ahead of time when we are embarking on those quests. But in the meantime, first of all, happy birthday, Arden. Ah, thank you. And we love you guys so, so much. If you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye. Goodbye.